tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. You're welcome back. This is Newsfile. It's your most authoritative news analysis platform. And here on Newsfile, we put Ghana first. Newsfile is brought to you by the candidate sponsorship of Bank of Africa, strong as a group and close as a partner. MTN Everywhere You Go, Star Assurance, your solid partner. Ashesi University, educating ethical and entrepreneurial leaders for Africa. Robert and Sons Optical Services, your comprehensive eye care service provider for 31 years. Fenat Ghana, think wood, think Fenat. Juroplas, how you get your water matters. Remember, where Juroplas goes, water flows. St. Thomas Eye Hospital, providing excellence in eye care. Haptel, everything you. Miwe Insurance, dial star 165 hash on the MTN to John. <clears throat> so now, uh, I, I, I've been asking myself a question, Abu of Saini. The whole state power that we have, we can't use it to fight Galamse. What else can we be successful at fighting? Galamse that is threatening, threatening our lives, our cocoa industry, our water. Everything is at stake. Human lives kidney problems now we are being told um, are all going on what what, what else uh, Jacob Oseyeboa an independent presidential candidate he says something the 2018 ban on Galamse and the 2 million ounces from Galamse in the same year you remember while there was a ban the same year this is how much that got exported. Mm-hmm. And many people, including Solomon at the time, were shouting, how did this happen? You know, uh, from Galamse in 2018, clearly depicts without ambiguity that Galamse kingpins are the government itself. It says, the too much noise on Aja Wang makes it as if she is the only culprit in Ghana, serving as a distraction to the real fight. All arrests, including her, do not name the licensee of the, of the concessionaires, but the poor workers covering up for the tycoons. Until we are bold to name the tycoons, forget about this, you know, facade of fighting Galamse, making Ghanaians look stupid in the eyes of the world. I was asking the same question yesterday. We have seen hundreds that have been arrested We've seen hundreds of foreigners, including Chinese, that have been arrested and allegedly put on, on trial. In the end, uh, the fourth estate did a right to information you know, request and got information you know, uh, that suggested that only two Chinese nationals are in our prisons. And that was even also because they had actually been left off with small fines 
and the attorney general had to go to court in a higher court to contest the decision of the court as to the sanctions that were, that were handed to them and then got the sanctions enhanced. That's why they are there. Otherwise, they would not have been there. All the time, is the small fishes that are caught, not the real guys behind them. And we know them, don't we? We do. I mean, Samson, and the embarrassment is not only to the international community, but to ourselves. When you know that clearly those in authority are simply turning their back on matters that they are well seized of. Because you see, and you asked a good question. Can state power be used to fight a menace like Galapse, especially since it's, it's targeting our and destroying our environment? And also, it's not striking at our economic base. Cocoa. Sooner or later, we might be unable to sell our cocoa. Our oil is a finite product. Cocoa is a renewable product. And so you must be thinking, if we are unable to solve Galamse, what happens to the future generation? What happens to intergenerational equity? How are future generations to take care of themselves? That is why I have always said that even though state power, enormous state power, must, might be a necessary first step, it cannot be the solution to Galamse. Explain that. Well, you see, because the state cannot be everywhere, it's quite expensive to maintain state power everywhere. So you need collaborators. There are DCEs everywhere. Yes. There but are the police DC, stations everywhere. The DCEs need collaborators. The DCEs, they need collaborators. And so, yes, I agree with you. A multi-stakeholder approach the way to go. What are we doing in recruiting and enlisting the support of opinion leaders within communities that are being subjected to this devastating mining? What are we doing? What are we doing to recruit the support of CSOs? What are we doing to encourage investigative journalism for people to go behind the scenes, like GOY says, how do you put a nexus between the ban and the two million ounces? How did that happen? Don't we need to understand? Who will take that project up and let us understand how it happened so that government can act? If we leave it to government, I mean, I say, as a matter of fact, that while in office, somebody came to me wanting to continue to do Galamse. I said, no, you, it's, not, it's very impossible. You can't undermine the process. We think that we have a duty to ensure that we sanitize the small-scale mining sites. After several attempts to get people to influence me to give him permission, he failed. What did he do? He went and joined a political party. Contested an executive position. Bought himself the license to, to mine illegally. So even the political parties must know 
and must be interested in which people take up our positions. I've never seen a country where political parties simply do not care who comes to contest for positions in their party. Do they do due diligence on them? We are always told that the BNI, now NIB, always does some work what, before appointments and things. Somebody is flaunting his worth. Is the Ghana Revenue Authority interested in how that person came by the wealth? Is he interested? So that we have a fundamental problem as a country. And that is why I, I came down from Tabari to take part in this program. Probably mobilizing citizens against Galamse might be the way out. Mm. Because we all know that, that the effect on Galamse. And now, when the, the doctor spoke in 2013, I had already said that people must be interested in going to the hospitals and seeing whether we are recording stillbirths, whether we are recording deformities, so that we can all appreciate what Kalam say and the use of mercury and cyanide on the illegal mining sites is doing to our country and our people. But until we develop a coherent and effective comprehensive strategy, all we continue to do is to engage in rhetorics. And rhetorics will not... Solve. After this stakeholders, you know, conference, you were a part of, very integral part, and I re remember the president acknowledging you and asking that all of you should put your heads together because you have the expertise you know, you know, beyond what is on the face. And that's a worthy credit. I thought that, everybody thought that we were on the path. I, that's, that's, that's what led me. That's what convinced me to accept the invitation to even chair the first session. Because I just said that you need a multi-stakeholder approach. There must be a buy-in of everybody. So that people can be emboldened to report to the authorities those who are engaged in the wrongdoing. And you just reminded me of the district executive. I said one first step, probably, was to give the district chief executive KPIs, key performance indicators, because Nana Adodanko Akufado cannot be in Safiwi also, cannot be in Edibo or in Kawe. That's why he's appointed people to be there. Fortunately, those people are from those areas. So if you're not interested, from Bongo, you're not interested in protecting the people of Bongo and its environs. Then are you really worthy of being the DRDC chief executive? Are you really worthy? Because if I'm not interested in protecting the people of Tamale from environmental carnage, then why do I be why do I continue to sit down in the office as a DC chief executive? And and you are the highest political authority. The regional minister is just a coordinator. People tell me that when, if the district chief executives act, they might get removed from office. What do you suffer if you get removed from office because you are doing the right things? What, what, what do you suffer? 
I mean, you at least you leave. Well, they they have come to office, and the idea generally, wrongly though, of political office in Africa, not only in Ghana, is, is that it's an opportunity to amass something, get that's, something for yourself, problem. in your family. That is the problem. So nobody is prepared to leave office with a good conscience. But you are put in office to work. You must leave office believing that you contributed to the elimination of a, a problem or the development of the country. You must not leave office thinking that you have benefited from the occupation of the office. The, the little district assembly common funds and things that should come to them so they would also have independence to engage contractors and through the procurement process, they would also, what we already know, you know, the proverbial 10%, they would also get something. That doesn't happen. Now, it is central government that is procuring everything for them. They just sit there, they hear that somebody is coming to do some work. Mm -hmm. So, if they are in a place where there is mining going on, they find that, as we understand, they are anecdotes. They find that to be the fertile so place to also get something. That's why uh, Dr. Kokofu said it's a system failure. The system is collapsed. That's why the turbidity levels in the water bodies are going high. In fact, the river bodies are dead. We don't want to say that, but that is the truth. The, the river bodies that we have now cannot support aquatic life. Mm. I think that's obvious for anybody who is looking. So what, what are we telling ourselves, those who used to depend on the river bodies? Don't you see that we are exacerbating poverty? Because we are taking away from people their means of livelihood. Some need that for irrigation Just purposes. purposes. Yeah. They are having to buy water to be able to do that. So you want to fish and you can't... Fish can't live in this but, but I take it from any angle. Galam say, and I hear people say people's livelihoods. No, no. The fact that you want employment doesn't justify you going to take up guns and engage in armed robbery. What is sad about illegal small-scale mining? Although imperfect a regime we have, there is a regime. There's a legal regime that allows people to apply and be registered as small-scale miners and licensed to engage in that. Mm. So we cannot be treating those who have decided to treat our laws with contempt, with kid groups. We cannot. That's why I believe the state must come down hard. But the state coming down hard can only be effective in dealing with the menace if we engage all stakeholders across the board. Fringe communities, uh, I went to Chichewure as a minister, and the Queen Mother told me that all those, and that story has been collaborated even today by your reporter, Adu, mm -hmm. all those people who are engaged in illegal small-scale mining are not people from the community. They come from elsewhere. So that should tell you the community can be a veritable source of information in your fight against Galamse. Why are we not engaging them? The Nadmo officer living within the community and looking on when there's a looming disaster waiting to happen 
What is he saying about illegal small scale mining? How, how do the people or locals mobilize when their chiefs, in some number, are telling them, We are powerless, we can't do anything? No, no, no. No. Power belongs to the people. Even those, yes, some will suffer. I mean, if you want your freedom, you must damn the consequences. You need your freedom. It's never given to you. And here they need their economic freedom. They need to live in peace. They want to protect their property. They must come up and stand up against Galapsias. The Galapsias cannot kill them. They might kill some of them. They might wound some of them. But they cannot wound all of them. Look, fear is what... You saw those pictures from uh, Lubo. You saw those pictures from... Uh, the cocoa boats, you know, monitoring, you know, how the people literally have to give up or give in. Otherwise, they will be killed. That's what is going on. People's compounds, their homes, are, they are digging for gold. I saw a, a, a town in which the, the whole town had been ravaged by Galapsi. That's right. And the people were saying that, well, it is the community chief who's given the Galapsiers the right to do what they are doing to, the, to, to them as a people. But I, don't, I don't know what he wants to do with the money he gets. The chief? Mm. But it's not supposed to be. They are chief. A chief is a chief for the people, not for himself. You are sitting where you are sitting because your ancestors provided leadership. And they are thinking that those traits of leadership inherits in you. That's the same concept that is happening in Britain. Because your ancestors provided leadership. If you fail in providing leadership, nothing prevents the people from removing you as a chief and failing to recognize you as a chief. So the people who are suffering must rise up. But what should be the state's role? When you see that place, I mean, I don't know what to say about it. You can see that now the buildings, they have cracks all over them because they are giving way and the people will still have to live in them because they don't have alternatives. Because the people allowed that to happen to them because they felt that they could do nothing. Why are you saying they allowed it? They are, they are telling you how their lives are at risk. What a reporter cannot go back to the place. We know, look at Erastos Sasaridonko. Even in the situation where they busted these people, where there was a bit of security support, even that... His life was a stake. Our reporters cannot go back to the place because they don't feel confident that they'll be protected. That's why they can't go back. And so we have allowed the mafioso to take over. They are dictating and putting in place their laws. That's what is happening. But if our reporters know that what they are doing is in the public interest, and it's going to serve the interests of this country. And they are sure and confident that the state will provide them with security. They will go back. Because they are doing a public service. But state officials... We are told the stories of how security officials are complicit. <laughs> uh, we are told about even army, you know, leaders Lead. are, being, are being escorted by their officials to go and take cash from these, you know... Of secure places. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the problem. The whole system is so compromised. 
But yeah. I mean, sometimes you, you think that we don't know where to start. The whole system. Because you see, take Aisha Wan's case for instance. How she even got into the country, went back to Kumasi, engaged in the same activities she was engaged in before she was arrested the first time. It's mind-boggling. But that is only possible because of collaborators. Mm. That is only possible because there are uh, people protected. And that calls into question our patriotism. Are we just looking on while the, some group of people are despoiling the environment? The president said, well, what is the stakeholders conference? Planning is good. It provides employment. But it must be done responsibly. I agree entirely with you. And the responsible part is the process that has been started. And, Which one? And yet, that you were part of the initial processes. No, the responsible part. And Solomon made a fundamental error when he said that both the small-scale miners and the large-scale, I mean, the uh, Galamseas despoiled the environment. No. The small-scale miners, the difference is that because they are given a license, that license stipulates the conditions under which they can mine. Now, a breach of that license entitles the minister to withdraw a breach of the conditions of that license. It's in the law. It's in the law. So you are not supposed to mine 200 meters to the water body. Period. And so you are found mining. You cannot even be given a concession close to a water body. Well, it's the same laws that you have that says every excavator must have a, it must be limited and cannot get into the mining concessions or mining grounds unless they have these, uh, you know, what do you call them that you put them tax the uh, trackers, the trackers, and they pay for them. Annually. Yes, annually, yes. And yet, the excavators find them, themselves so, there. So, when we arrest about how many, 500 of them? 700. And they get, they, they get lost. Yes. So, that, so, the government had to take a decision to burn them outside. No. The first time the 700 excavators were seized, about 700, and they got lost. That fundamentally affected the trust and confidence that people will have in the fight against illegal small-scale mining. That compelled an invidious responsibility on government to demand accountability from those that they had put in office. But because we did not see that, that weakened the fight. I, again, there was a flouting of the laws of the country. Act 995 clearly spells out what should be done in the event of a seizure. Let me go to Dr. Jesse uh, Ivo, uh, Senior Research Fellow, Institute for Environment and Sanitation Studies, University of Ghana, and member of the University of York, UK, and University of Ghana research team. Um, Doc, thank you so very much for your patience, and we, we thank you and your team for helping the nation in these discussions because of the, you know, rare uh, insights that you have because of the work that you do. Uh, some of the pictures we have put up are coming from your investigations. Um, at this point, would you say that an outright ban, a complete, you know, uh, 
what is it? Seize. Seize work. Either for small scale mining or whatever you call it. Might be the way to start. Uh, <clears throat> thank you very much, Thompson, and um, uh, good morning to your esteemed panelists and your listeners and viewers. And I'm happy to be on the program this morning. Uh, I very much agree with what um, uh, Honorable Fusini said regarding multi-stakeholder approach to this problem. Uh, we've got into a stage where, uh, in fact, everybody seems overwhelmed. Uh, and government over the years, to me, have failed us as a nation. Uh, even the media. So we are in a situation where it's, it's like a patient being uh, in intensive care and um, uh, under such situation, you need a lot of uh, surgeons or a, lo- a, lot, a lot of specialists to take care of you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, you know, for such an operation, uh, you really will have to uh, look for experts who are specialized in certain areas and can take off that uh, particular uh, diagnos- uh, sorry, diagnosis. Now, in, uh, 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 Honorable Enusa mentioned multi-stakeholder engagement, and I have also listed uh, a number of um, uh, you know, stakeholders that can be brought on board not necessarily banning the activity outright, but we can take a back seat and probably look at how to be able to solve this problem. I mean, the right way to solve this problem. So for me, if we engage the National House of Chiefs uh, with their sub-chiefs, and then we engage the communities we also have to engage uh, the Minerals Commission, mm-hmm. Water Resources Commission, the Forestry Commission, society, and I think one of my panelists also mentioned that CSIR should be involved, the academia should be involved, and the small scale miners associations should not be left out. In fact, it should be, um, you know, a, a multi-stakeholder body that. For me, the government or the president agencies or, or this bodies as a committee that will sit down, look back, you know, diagnose all the issues. What are the the the, the, the you know real problems? Is it about livelihood enhancement? Is it about lack of law enforcement? Is it about uh, you know, our, our institutions being weak or whatever. So if you bring all these stakeholders together, for me, uh, they will have to, you know, break, I mean, ju- ju- just like it has started, they have to sit down and brainstorm and come up with the right diagnosis. Otherwise, most of the um, actions we have taken so far are just, ad hoc, are just on ad hoc basis. Um, it's like, like I um, said, uh, 
you know, taking care of a patient and under uh, intensive care, and we are administering just a painkiller to that patient. You know, in, on the surface, the problem may go uh, within minutes, but it will resurface, and that is what our problem is. Uh, like, like you rightly said, yes, our research um, has taken us to uh, Etiwa West District. The footage you show at one point actually is, is, I mean, is, is a, a part of our research. And um, that particular footage where a whole township appears to be uh, you know, devastated, to be, to, 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 to be destroyed. Uh, what happens there is a new system of uh, mining called the uh, um, in fact, the local people call it the Queen Queen system. Um, it's the metal detector system where they use a metal detector to uh, kind of scan the earth surface and, you know, uh, exploit or uh, look, look for this mineral. So wherever the, the, the mineral, I mean, anything metal, it, it, it can be even an ordinary nail or anything metal is detected, then this um, device seems, you know, to indicate that there is something there. And then immediately they start digging. So you see people digging right, uh, you know, behind people's buildings. They dig uh, on, 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 on within households. They, they, they dig on compounds. They dig everywhere. And they why, very... Doc, Doc, are we subhuman? What's going on? How can that be going on in people's homes? I, I don't get that. Can you tell us how that goes on? Yes. Um, when the, the metal is detected near somebody's home, uh, the operators negotiate with the house owner. Uh, in fact... Uh, normally, from, 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 from our investigation, we were told that some of these operators, uh, you know, they, 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 they hire the machines. They hire the machines, and the operators themselves, um, you know, uh, negotiate with the house owner. They offer huge sums of money, which can put up another house for that particular house owner. They offer huge sums of money. And the house owner is willingly, uh, uh, you know, will, willingly gives out his or her house. So they, you know, uh, come in, do the mining, take their gold, give you your money, and then you go and resettle yourself elsewhere. That's what they do. And um, money is actually changing hands here. In, and, you know, it's, it's like money is everything to them. So, so that is the problem. And... Um, uh, when you ask everybody in the community, they will tell you our ecosystems have been destroyed. Our ecosystems have been destroyed. And like you rightly said, uh, cuckoo farms have been dug around. People don't have access to their farms. Uh, but the most dangerous aspect is the fact that most of the places you see as bushes uh, around most of these communities are left uh, abandoned pits, abandoned pits which have collected water and have aquatic waste 
uh, grown over them. So yeah, if so, you are not even careful, so, you are going to get drowned in these pits. So, so your your research to what end? Come again, please. The work the work you are doing to what end? What's the end game? Well, um, I think my colleague was on the program last week. That's and, right. Um, our plan was to stage a theater to educate uh, the community members, you know, start with the community, uh, the community members which are affected, and then from there we, we, bring the, we, we bring that theater to the national level. But it couldn't materialize because of the resistance we had from the community members. So uh, the, the, the research is not ended yet. Now uh, we are engaged in what we call uh, photo voice, photo voice where we are still engaging the, the community members to come out with environmental issues or environmental problems that they have found to be pertinent in their areas. And um, so uh, they, they go out to take pictures of environmental issues and then we, we, are, we are going to have an exhibition very soon in um, uh, uh, the uh, Kibi teacher, uh, teacher uh, training, uh, Kibi uh, College of Education, sorry, the College of Education, Kibi. We are going to have an, an exhibition there very soon to, you know, um, see some of these environmental issues, I mean, in, in, the, in, the, in the form of Victoria, in, in, in the Victoria form. So we are going to invite um, some of the uh, stakeholders to come to the exhibition to see uh, what uh, these pictures... Did, did you say the community members, the community that you are seeking to bring salvation to, they are rather resisting you? Yes, they were, res they were resisting because, um, particularly in that community, the community's name is Esunafo, uh, there, were, there was a group that was strongly against Galamse. And so anybody at all who goes there, whether you go there with good intentions or bad intentions, they suspect you to be okay. coming, okay. coming to promote Galamse. Mm. So that is the reason we're not allowed to uh, go on with our uh, theater program because when we visited the community, of course, we had to report ourselves to the chiefs or we have to you know uh, contact the chiefs and the elders and and they felt that the chief and the elders have been compromised because the chief and the elders you know uh, more or less were trying to uh, you know um, bring in galamseas to the community so once we went to seek permission from the chief and elders they suspected you know us to be part of that team and so we didn't allow us to carry out with our program okay um, uh, Francis Opoku, uh, you are Director of um, Finance and Communications for the Ghana Association of Small-Scale Miners. Um, it doesn't appear you and your people have been responsible enough um, that despite all the efforts, and you would have heard everybody is talking about multi-stakeholder, multi-stakeholder, people are just tired of this cliché. Every time, multi-stakeholder, we have been doing it for how many decades now? And we still can't see anything. And that's a question I get asking myself over and again. What's just wrong with us? What can we achieve? What, what at all can we achieve? If we can't achieve this thing, you know, stopping the wrong 
that are being done. We know the Lands uh, Natural Resources Ministry, you know, has a special process. Uh, actually, together with the support of the of other ministries, the Defence Ministry, the Interior Ministry, uh, the Police, they are doing everything to get you guys to do the right thing. What's this? What what else can they do? Okay, Samson, uh, let me take this opportunity to uh, greet uh, our distinguished uh, co-panelists there and say good morning to you too and your territory viewers and to all small scale miners in Ghana. Samson, to be honest with you, most small scale miners, licensed small scale miners, my group, are equally concerned and worried when we see some of these uh, pictures about destruction of our water bodies and then our forests, and they imagine that consequences that we face as a country. And honestly, we are even more worried because at the end of the day, it's our work that is at stake. If there should be a ban, like uh, you've been mentioned, we suffer both. But before I go on, uh, let me come back to uh, my brother, Dr. Solomon. We don't have passionate. Uh, correct. He says small scale miners don't pay taxes. He's wrong. Small scale miners pay taxes through uh, withholding tax. And we all know that withholding tax is one of the tax regimes that are effective. And uh, it was even recently that uh, you know the government of Ghana reduced it to 1%. Initially, it was 3%. So we were even who pay a lot of taxes and it was like it affects everybody secondly he also said that small scale miners uh, mine have us and I'm happy honorable university came to correct that impression which is wrong small scale mining certificate licenses are site specific so you can't and we are operated I mean we are monitored our places are monitored we have the coordinates guiding where we are and where we are not supposed to mine. I will not say that everybody goes strictly by that because, I mean, every it's not everybody who will actually go strictly by the laws. People are culpable. People can violate once in a while. But one thing that a lot of people don't know is that when it comes to small, licensed small-scale miners, we are people who have gone through the process to acquire licenses legitimately from the Minerals Commission, which have been signed by the minister. And we are about only 25% in this sector. We have illegal mining that comprise people who are working right on the water bodies, which is totally illegal. And then people who are working in our forest, by the forest. And then people who are also working on... uh, Process uh, what we call prospecting and uh, mining leads that are not meant for small scale mining activities. But this is where there's there's, there's a cliff, something. Uh, if you want to get to the actual cause of illegal mining, it is those who are working in our forests 
and those who are working on the water bodies. When uh, Minister uh, Abu Jinapo took power, there was a call for consultative dialogue, which we all applauded the, 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 the what do you call the initiative. And we suggested that there should be, uh, what do you call it, there should be uh, consultative, uh, I mean, uh, discussion enough, and there should be collaboration from all stakeholders, which my uh, honorable minister has uh, alluded to, the fact that we all embrace it, we're all happy, and we were thinking that once that call has been made and we have all made input into the process, the implementation was also going to go the same line. Luckily, I was the one who spoke on behalf of for, for the small scale miners. And we came out clearly that the concentration should be on the water bodies. We should focus there first. And then the forest uh, uh, resources, uh, the forest and reserves. But when the minister came out to say that, okay, there have been some red zones where the military, uh, the joint task force of the military, they should go and then tackle, we expressed concern that if they veer off, it will not achieve the results. And um. Okay, uh, I think we lost Francis there. We will try and uh, uh, get him back so that he would uh, give us, everybody else is going to give us some two minutes of what they think concretely has to be done on the back of the layers of uh, activities that have been ongoing in this regard. Um, Abu Jinapo, Samuel Abu Jinapo joins us. Uh, he's the Minister uh, for Lands and Natural Resources. Thank you very much for joining us, sir. Good, uh, good morning, uh, my good friend Samson, and good morning to your panelists and right. your listeners. Yes. Thank you. Now, um, the UGBS uh, policy brief on the fight against Galamse uh, tells us that uh, there's an article. Uh, they, they tell us that the illegal mining, we, as we know, has persisted in Ghana, not because of weak state capacity, but primarily because of political leniency and law enforcement corruption. And their conclusion is that any anti-Galamse crusade that fails to tackle the political drivers of the problem is unlikely to succeed. When unconventional, conventional means appear to fail, are you contemplating some unconventional approaches? Because as is agreed, your ministry and what you have been doing, that's a lot of work, but it does appear the results is not seen. Yes, so, Samson, thank you very much. And uh, once again, good morning to your cherished listeners and viewers. The report that uh, uh, the Minister of Ghana uh, uh, is supposed to have come out, come, out, come out with, and also the numerous commentary which um, I've followed about this uh, eight-old menace of illegal small scale mining. They are all absolutely welcome. I mean, I think I need to make that point and make it possible. They are all absolutely welcome, and uh, the contributions and suggestions various people have made individually and collectively are all absolutely welcome. Now, um, 
The reason why I say it's welcome is anybody who has a case-free understanding of the extractive industry anywhere in the world, whether it's the petrochemical industry or the mineral sector or wherever, will agree that the issue of illegality and the sense of entitlement and um, the, the fact that uh, the common denominator of that industry is money, because we're talking here about gold, and gold really money. And therefore, those illegalities tend to be uh, endemic and dealing with them uh, tend to be complicated. Now, you recall that when we held the constitutive dialogue in April uh, last year, we came out with a resolution that dealing with illegal smoking mining will not be a it to be a process, but it will be a process which required a concerted, sustainable uh, action anchored on integrity and transparency, and which is why I agree with this report, uh, this policy statement, that whatever you do, if uh, your efforts or your law enforcement efforts is, is uh, tainted with uh, politicization or is uh, discriminatory or if you want it, it deals with one section of people but doesn't deal with uh, a certain group of people you are bound to see now i must say that it's a good deal of work is gone into this matter of mostly mining and we have been dealing with this matter from a two-pronged approach the reformative approach and the enforcement approach they must go hand in hand uh, which is that while you are enforcing the law, you also must put in place a regime which makes that sector sustainable, and which makes that sector viable. Always and always remember that small-scale mining contributes 40% of Ghana's gold output. And the gold industry gives Ghana its highest foreign exchange earnings and is the highest, highest revenue uh, mobilizing sector when it comes to uh, exports. So that, there's a link between small-scale mining, gold output, our national economy, our currency, our foreign exchange uh, status, and all of that. So when you are dealing with small-scale mining, you have to deal with it tactfully. Because you don't want a situation where you also uh, uh, roll out uh, an enforcement regime which literally kills the sector completely, which will mean you will lose 40% of your gold output which will mean you will lose uh, uh, income into your national economy, which will jeopardize your economy. So whilst you are regulating the sector, which is the reformation, which are some of the things we've done, community mining, bringing the gold, uh, gold processing, gold catcher, gold processing equipment, uh, 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 reforming the licensing regime, the uh, cadastral map, we brought the online applications, working actually hand in gloves with the small-scale miners acquisition to make sure that we identify those who are engaged in that industry responsibly and uh, in a manner which doesn't jeopardize the environment. That is one bit of it. Then the second leg of it is the enforcement routine, which is where the matter you put before me comes in. How do you proceed on that? And how is it being done? What I can say is that you recall that a lot of uh, measures were put in place, decommissioning of excavators, really going after these illegal small-scale miners, declaring forest reserves and the river bodies as red zones. And that also came up with its own controversy and its own commentary. You have to be too high-handed. Um, uh, you are clamping down on uh, people who are trying to make ends meet and so on and so forth. It will appear that in that period, uh, there is some resurgence of this uh, phenomenon of, of uh, illegal small-scale mining in a manner that is uh, not satisfactory. It simply means that we are going to ramp up the enforcement uh, mechanism, the enforcement measures, 
And this has been occupying almost all my time in the past week or two. And in the days and weeks to come, the Ghanaian people will see that the enforcement measures are going to be ramped up. But I need to caution that it, it cannot be an event, something, and it cannot be the responsibility of the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources. It is going to be a collective responsibility. There is a public relations aspect of it, which I'm holding meetings on, for example, Monday, that all of us, including yourself, Joy FM, all of us, chiefs, uh, political leaders, opinion leaders, assemblymen, the citizenry themselves, <laughs> all of us have roles to play. And, and, and collectively, I believe that we will be able to come to grips with this matter. But I want to really conclude on uh, responding to you by insisting that a good deal of work has been, been done on this matter. A lot of resources have been achieved. Um, we've moved several steps forward. We are not at a satisfactory situation yet. It will appear that um, there is a legitimate concern about this phenomenon, very this ugly head again. Of course, there have been videos I have seen which are as old as uh, five, six, seven, ten years old, which you know, certain people are, uh, for their own purposes will put out into the system to generate uh, needless hysteria and all of that. But that is not my concern. My concern is how we take action to make sure that we move forward with this matter. And moving forward, we will definitely. Mm. Um, so I, I, I ask uh, that question: If the conventional approaches don't appear to, you know, bring as much results as you expect. How about unconventional approaches? Uh, and you seem to rule out one of them. Uh, among the public, the suggestion is that go back to when you issued a complete ban. Uh, there are some who are suggesting, can you declare, or the president, get the president to declare a state of emergency in those areas affected by Galamse as a process of, you know, managing and controlling the, the situation? So, first of all, outright ban of small-scale mining, it is not new, it's not novel. We did, we've done it before. In 2017-2018, or 2018-2019, I, I, I think, uh, small-scale mining was outrightly banned. That's been done before. So, the question as to what were the ramifications of that and how did that work out? I think we all have to examine that. I have done that examination. And banning of multi mining or uh, such sectors in the uh, uh, international uh, arena in terms of uh, other countries, I think that the literature is there for all of us who are the source of that. So the question about banning multi mining is not a matter we have not attempted before. So we need to examine how that panned out. Number two, mm. I've already indicated to you that Ghana until 2022 was the number one producer of gold in Africa, who were number six in the world. Gold continues to be the number one foreign exchange earning for the country. Indeed, today as we speak, the Bank of Ghana has rolled out a gold purchasing scheme to shore up our currency. They are buying gold out there, out of mosque miners with cities and converting it into dollars to show up the city. So pay attention to that as well, respectfully. Thirdly, mm. as I say, small, the small-scale mining sector contributes 40% to our gold output. So you can readily tell the implications of it on our gold output if it is banned outright. And then you also talk about the fact that 
um, uh, we should put an outright ban on, on uh, uh, small scale mining and and um, come to grips with it and so on and so forth. My attitude will be that we continue to strike that balance between reforming the sector because there are those also who are involved in small scale mining who are doing it legitimately, mm. who are uh, reclaiming the lands they excavate concurrently, who revegetate. And who even revegetate with economic trees such as palm trees, and who employ hundreds and thousands of people in communities, and who contribute to the local economies and the national economy of our country, who do it legitimately. I can take you to several community mining schemes where they are sick bay, where they are changing rooms, where they mine responsibly, just as it's done in Australia, in Canada, in USA, in South Africa, and other places. Okay. So we need to focus on um, uh, ramping up mm. our efforts in bringing that kind of situation to be the norm rather than okay. the exception. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Let me just, Cocoa, board, uh, Cocoa Board, Water Company, all of them are concerned, and they are all depending on the leadership that you bring, especially at the very top, to make sure that these things don't continue to endanger um, the country's economy and our livelihoods the way it currently is. Um, Thank you very much once again, John uh, Samuel Abu Jinapur. He's the Minister uh, for Lands and Natural Resources. Um, Kwame Esiedisapong's, whose uh, presentation was truncated, if I could get a minute of uh, him back on the issue of uh, the disease and uh, things. Uh, Kwame, thank you very much. Uh, a neurologist is um, suggesting to me that um, it is important to be cautious um, about how we present things not to unnecessarily, you know, scare people, uh, that you can function with one normal kidney, but that is not the norm. And when you have kidney failure, by default, both kidneys are damaged. Uh, the second kidney is not a spare part. Um, that there's a need to correct some impression that uh, was created wrongly. Um, what, what will you say finally about the health uh, issue? Um, I, I have left this conversation, I haven't listened to everyone, thinking that we are not addressing the health issue. We haven't gotten anywhere near addressing the health issue because we haven't even started dealing with the pro problem of illegal mining properly. I okay. just listened to the minister. And for me, that should concern all of us. And that is where I'll leave it. It should concern all of us that we haven't even started dealing with the health implications. So without wanting to say anything, it probably will get worse if I get Okay, so we definitely would need, uh, as it were, another session to focus on the health issue properly because we need you all to be on board to discover that